Do I need to do a check? Check. Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm Brian, and today I don't have Ed with me, but I do have a good friend of mine over here. Uh, we've met recently over the past couple months. Um, I would love to show you the stats. Maybe I'll screenshot it in here. The stats of my physical life since I met him. Uh, it's kind of funny. I sent him a screenshot the other day, and it was pretty. It was pretty uh, amazing to see how much more I've picked up. We're just wearing my watch while I work out, and then watching my heart rate. Uh, so with me today, I have Justin Klein. Um, Justin is from. Illinois, 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 Illinois. Yeah. we got to say it right. Yeah. Um, and before we can actually introduce him, we have to do the one thing that I do with everyone. And this is called instinctive response, Justin. It is time for you to answer the questions. I've the, selected. The real question is, are you ready for my answers? Yeah, you may want to get closer to the mic. Oh. Don't put your mouth on it. No. Uh, <laughs> you can bring it back. It's okay. I told you I was going to talk like this the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be loud. I'm good with the question, the answers, but just you know, just realize I know how to edit. Uh, so number one, have you ever been in a newspaper? Yes. What for? Uh, I was uh, something of a stellar athlete throughout my school age years, and I made the paper quite often um, for athletic endeavors. Really. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. So we're going to move on then. Okay. Cause I don't, I don't like to stick around on one topic. So what I okay. do is we just jump back and forth. Uh, so, and then we'll get more into his, more of his information as we go along. All right. When you were a kid, did you have any posters on your wall? If so, what? No, actually I did not have any posters on the wall as a kid. Really? Yep. Uh, I mean, I can go to quite a bit of detail, but like my family was, not very well um, off when I was a young child, and you grew up like I did. In the posters trailer. were money yeah. we didn't have, yeah. so we didn't yeah. have posters on the yeah. wall. No, I guess you. I, I yeah. get you. I did once I got in high school. I, my college dorm room. Well, let's just not even get into that. We're we'll, gonna get no. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll, we'll avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> if you wrote an autobiography, what would your book be called? Oops. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to get into what oops means. Um, all right, I'm going to just move on because I'm, I'm going to come back to these things because uh, obviously I need to, we need more answers so we can uh, further understand you. Who is? All right, so now 12.08. What movie or book ending really left you hanging? Vanilla Sky. Vanilla Sky. Tom Cruise and uh, I can't think of her name. Uh, she's in Tom Cruise's with Night and Day. I can't think of her name. I'll have to look that up. Um, but yeah, Vanilla Sky. Is that the one that was with his former wife? No, it's where he was. Uh, he was dating a girl. He was super rich. Then he was in like a horrific car accident, and like they preserved his body, and he went into the future. And it was all weird. I'll have to watch but that. I'm telling you right now, the ending will mess your brain up. 
Really? Yep. Okay. I got you. Yep. Name your biggest what if. What if? Uh, what if I had not committed 14 felonies? Where would I be right, right now? Okay. He's not a bad person. I'm just going to let you oops. know. <laughs> That's his oops, right? <laughs> what if I had not done that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, so we're going to move on then. 1448. Who is the most visionary person in your life and how do they inspire you? Most visionary. I selected these questions for a reason. You know, this might sound super cheesy, but I would probably say, kind of mainstream right now, but I would say the most visionary person I can think of right now is Jocko Willink. Yeah. I mean, again, I listen to his podcast quite a bit. Yep. But, uh, and I know you only see the, you know, the, the public side of him, but like, I don't just, the dude seems like he's got all the stuff together. He does. And he's got a lot of things going in the right direction right now. He does. And you know, it's funny. Um, we talk about it on the show all the time, uh, Ed and I, and because we're big fans of him also. I mean, I've got two of his books right here, and I got the other two on the other side, just because I'm I'm a huge fan of him. Um, so I feel like you're you're right, you know, that the whole origin thing, the uh the podcast, the echelon front, like he has something going, and I think people can get a lot from that. All right. We're getting towards the end. We only got four questions left. What was your biggest aha moment or revelation? Good question. Mm. I don't know that I've had a... You know what? <laughs> it wasn't my aha moment. It sticks out my mind. Um, it was on... It would have been my third deployment. We were in Afghanistan. And we were in a firefight. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a young team leader with me. And a bullet literally bounced right between his legs. Really? And he looks at me. And he's like, holy cow. They're really trying to kill us. <laughs> And for about 30 seconds, I almost fell down laughing just so hard. I was like. So well, his, his shocking moment made your yeah. shocking moment. Yeah, I guess that would be uh, like, that's the biggest aha moment that I can think of. In my life. I was, I was like, it kind of made me think like maybe a lot of these younger soldiers don't understand really kind of yeah, the, yeah, the, the yeah. levity, but I was like, yeah. it, just, it was funny. We'll see. We'll see where things go with, yeah. in life. but that's, that's funny. It's, it's, it's one of those moments where you're in shock because they're in shock. So, yeah. all right, moving on. What is the most bizarre thing? Okay, before I even ask this, just be careful how you answer this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I picked these out because I felt like they were the perfect thing for him. But now I think about this. Like this one's gonna this one's gonna mess me up. By the way, if you notice, I've got kind of a mustache going on. He was supposed to grow one, didn't. So here we go. All right. Uh, <laughs> What is the most bizarre thing you've ever Googled? The most bizarre thing I've ever Googled? Mm, please don't. You know, you said you just searched down the YouTube rabbit hole. It could have got real weird. Um, Google. Good, 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 yeah, good. That's probably... <laughs> Yeah. But you said YouTube though. YouTube rabbit hole. There'd be some weird stuff, but Google <laughs> itself is too much, too much browser history to go through and delete for Google. No, I get, Hey bro, I get you. Yeah. I totally get you. Um, here we go. What is the most useless talent you have? I can like, wiggle my ears. Let me see. <laughs> 
crap again. I can't do it. pretty worthless this last one i actually picked this one because i feel like we're going to go in this direction <clears throat> when it comes to talking um today um i think we're going to go i do believe we're going to go in this direction so i think this is really where we're going to start our full conversation off at what makes you feel unstoppable besides steroids and drugs he's not taking steroids and drugs uh cocaine um no, no. <laughs> Got to use the bleep button. Uh, what makes me feel the most unstoppable? I would say, uh, again, I know where you're going with this. When I get feedback from other people saying that whatever I'm doing has somehow mm-hmm. inspired them to either start back up mm-hmm. or they've got to a rough place mm-hmm. in their life and they decided, you know, see what I'm doing. Like they're going to continue doing what they're doing. So okay. just inspiration. Me being an inspiration to others is what makes me feel. Yeah. You know, like I got to keep going. Okay. So, and if you get a, an idea, so here's the idea behind my thought. One, we're calling the, I'm calling the show a better me. And it's about, it's really going to be about what Justin went through kind of life and stuff and how he created a better me or is in him. And how can we all create a better me as in us? Um, and with that, and my dog, he likes to make, He's, is he scratching his ears? Because he does no, that. he was just, you know. He's right here. I'm over it. Yeah. Yeah, he'll scratch his ears, and it's the weirdest noise. You're like, what? It uh, just feels that good. Yeah. Um, so, you grew up in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad, you, you mentioned them. Brothers and sisters, how many we got here? I got two older brothers. Two older brothers. So, you're I'm, the youngest. I'm the youngest. Are you the mama's boy? I, I mean, in, in a sense, because that's often seen it, you know, as the youngest, or is it something different? I don't know if just I would call it the mama's boy. Because she knows she's going to watch. Oh, they'll both watch. That's for sure. <laughs> um, I would say that I don't have a specific mom's boy, but I got by with a lot more than what my brothers did. Right. I think at the point of where I was growing up, that my parents were kind of like, whatever, as long as he doesn't kill himself, he'll be okay. Right. Um, And then I was, my oldest brother was kind of a rebel. Mm-hmm. I was not. Um, My middle brother... He wasn't great at school, but mm-hmm. I was. So all the struggles they went through with my other two brothers, I didn't give them that struggle. So they were just like, yeah, we're going to leave him alone because he's doing okay. <laughs> he's, yeah. We don't have to worry about him. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. I was the oldest. So I, I, I feel like your older brother, like I had to pave the way for the rest. of. Oh them. yeah. He got, I don't want to say he got abused, but he was definitely the guinea pig. He was the guinea pig. Yeah, just like my oldest son is like, oh, we're figuring it out. So like sometimes he's the guinea pig and then yeah. his daughter benefits from his misery. Absolutely. Uh, and you had, well, we, we could jump forward, but I don't want to yet. I want you to tell us, you told me a story once about a bicycle and running smack into the side of your home. Okay. So what happened? Okay. So we used to have, we haunted a single wide trailer next to the, you know, under the bridge. Um <laughs> I know what that's like. <laughs> we had an old shed, and my dad had all, all, all of his old crap in there. Right. And he always had this 10-speed bike. And uh, one day I decided, I'm going to get this 10-speed bike to work, right? So I spent, I don't know how long, unkinking the chain and getting it all loose again and putting it all back together and getting everything. I, I made the bike. It would go. I could pedal it, yeah. and, the, and the bike would go, and it would shift. I don't know if it shifted great or whatever, but it would go. And it had the old suicide shifter. Oh, it's down here on the top two. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was an old school 10 speed, right? Mm-hmm. So I got it going and I 
you know, took off down the road away from the house, right? No big deal. It was kind of uphill. And then I turned around, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So I turned around and I'm like, okay, great. Like, I'm going to see how fast this thing goes. So I pedaled as hard as I could. And I'm, and, you know, where we were at, literally by the bridge, like the sidewalk ended. So there was no more sidewalk. So, yeah, I, I either had to stop or take a drink. Yeah. Um, so I go to, Hit the brakes, and the one thing that I had not really worked on on the bike mm -hmm. was the brakes. So there was no stopping. It didn't matter <laughs> either. I was as a young child, I wasn't strong enough, or the brakes just didn't really work. Yeah, um, the bike was not stopping. So instead of going into the pine tree or trying to avoid the ditch or going into the creek, um, I decided I was going to go into our yard. And you know, here's the sidewalk. Here's the yard. There's our house. Uh, I still did not stop. And, you know, the house stopped me. Yeah, like the front of the front of the bike was perfectly went right underneath the, the trailer. Um, and then, like, I guess you would say the, the handlebars hit the side of the trailer. Right. And obviously you're not seat belted on. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm in rural America, um, so we're not wearing helmets. So <laughs> Well, we didn't back in the 80s. Little, Go on. Little Justin just whoop, dunks his head off the side of the house and then <laughs> falls over. And the next thing you know, my mom comes outside. She's like, what did you do? And I explained the whole situation. She's like, you're an idiot. And I was like, yeah, I don't disagree with you. And then no, I, I went on with life. That's, that's funny. I want to bring that up because uh, we, we, we have, yeah, that's part of the oops, oops. right? That's, your, that's part of your oops yeah. story. Um, we've, had a lot, we've had a lot of conversations and a lot of students with bicycles, running and things. And we're going to get further into that. Um, but it's just, it's like, it's almost like your start of the bicycle hunger that you have, right? Would you call it that? I don't call it hunger. I just. No, oh, you got a freaking it hunger. A, it is. a. I think the bikes is a means to an end, but yeah. Yeah. I don't call it hunger, but I, I like bikes. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's definitely tell. Like when I need to stuff done, when I need stuff done on my bike, I take it to his place. Cause you help me fix it. Uh, and, and I'm not, I'm not that mechanically inclined when it comes to bicycles. I can fix a helicopter, but not a bicycle. Don't know why. Um, so. Not to ride it. <laughs> no, I'm pretty good on those. Um, so here we are. We have this. We have this initial. This initial experience. First oops. Um, oh, there were way. There were there's more probably there more. Were many more oops before, but that before that, but yeah. Yeah, that's the one I know. So yeah. it's funny. So we go to that oops. Um, we're continuing on the pathway for this book of oops. Uh, you. Do we go into high school and what life was like? Do you th do you think that's a that's worthy of an oops story? I mean, it's your podcast, but no, um, I'm you're in a guest. I, you know, I mean, my high school career was, or I don't say career, my high school time was. I mean, there were many more oops. Um, yeah, when I was in high school, but it was rather uneventful. Like I was, like I said earlier, I was good at schoolwork. So you were a decent so student. You I, said. Yeah, I mean, I was the go to the class clown. I had the third I, highest GPA. I could see that in the, in the class. Right. I was a class president. Like was like president of the like science club, vice president, of, like the, the Spanish club. Like it was a big school. How many did you graduate with? 60. Oh goodness. I yeah. graduated. And three. it took 11 100. townships to make. Okay. So you're really, yeah. Rule. Yeah, really so like rule. my town has five. Well, had 600 mm. when I was there. I think it's grown a little bit. Or wow. Um, the biggest town next to us was like maybe a thousand. Mm -hmm. And then there were like small, literally, 
like villages. I mean, literally, my town was called the Village of Farina. It's not even a town. It's a right. Yeah. And it took eleven different like little townships to make a high school. Wow. I mean, how how far did you live from her? From the high school? Yeah. Oh, so you weren't far. You're saying so, townships. So the high school was in my town. My oh. The middle school was in the town five miles up the road. Mm-hmm. The elementary was in the town up the road. So like the schools were like one town had some of them. Right, right, right. Because they took a whole bunch of townships that were separate mm-hmm. and they merged them in one big like conglomerate. It used to be La Grove, Kimundi, Logatee, and then they put them all together and called it South Central. It sounds like we're in the middle of Chicago, but it was South Central. Um, <laughs> so they used those existing facilities yeah, that they already yeah, had. Yeah. And then just like the high school was already there in front at La Grove High School. Makes sense. Yeah. So you graduated high school. You, uh, you started college though, didn't you? I did. How long did you go to school for? I, did. I went to college for two. Two and a half years. What was it for? Pre-med. So you started, you started that whole rigmarole. I did. I did two years at Lakeland College. How, how many classes did you actually get done in I two years? I had 90 credits. You had an associate's degree. I didn't have an associate's degree. I mean, you, I'm talking about credits-wise. You I, didn't I get credits-wise, I could have had an associate's yeah. degree. Okay. Right? But everything was like, I did a... Everything for the end game. I didn't really like do the associate degree program to go into a bachelor's degree program. Yeah. I was going pre-med. So I was kind of. Yeah. yeah. I so was you were like stacking a lot of the harder classes at the easier college before I got to. Yeah. Okay, so you were building, you were building. Yeah. Yeah. See, so that's how I looked at it too. Like somebody said, oh, you should have done an associate degree. And I'm like, yeah, I just, I just went straight for a degree. And then I kept yeah. going. Yeah. I get you. So you went for two, two years. During that time, is that when you met Lisa, your wife? I did. Okay, so during that period, you met her. We're going to talk about the oops of the 17 felonies, right? 14. 14, 17, 14, three. I mean, who's, what's the difference? Was, did you meet her before that or after that? After. Okay, so tell us about this incident that brought you to the Army, obviously. No, I'm, I don't know if it brought you to well, So, coincidentally, like, we'd have to backtrack a little bit. So, Go ahead. Um. To go to college, like I got a scholarship to go to college. Um, it was an academic scholarship because obviously, you know, I'm a genius. Um, so I had an academic scholarship and I was actually a, an ambassador for the college. So I went around uh-huh. trying to get other people like a recruiter kind of thing. And I actually was uh, in charge of the apartment building that I lived at. So like I was like the manager. Uh, they, they call them all right. Basically like an RA. Like I didn't manage it, but I was there to like make sure that, you know, Right, didn't get too crazy or whatever. Right, got you. Even though I had parties in my apartment, I was probably the worst violator of all the rules. Um, it didn't matter. Um, <laughs> the things we did when we were young. Yeah. So, but I was still kind of just, and I was bartending full time at TGF Fridays. I was a bartender, right, right. So lots of flair. You know, it wasn't <laughs> twenty one pieces of flair. Um, I think of that all the time. Like, was that is that waiting the movie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which is <laughs> so. I mean, I was I was I was making good money at the bartending. All my college was basically free. Right. Right. Um, but I decided I was going to join the National Guard. Okay. So I joined the National Guard. What year know, was that? I went to basic in two thousand. I joined on my mom's birthday <sighs> because I had screwed up and gave the recruiter my middle school graduation my middle school diploma, not my high school. And I had not told my mom. Oh, no. No. Yeah. So the recruiter, who had no better sense, he called my mom to get the high school diploma. 
Um, and she found out on her birthday that I joined the army. I was actually at MEPS. When she found out? When she found out. Oh my goodness. Yeah. How so, did she date that? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure she cried. Uh, oh yeah. She's pretty upset. It wasn't like I was going straight to basic after that. It was like yeah. Like or whatever. Um, but 9-11 already happened. 9-11 already took place, so yeah. she knew. Well, it would have been, well, it was about a year afterwards. Because it would have been, I graduated high school in 2002. I think it been about 2003. Right. So it wasn't long after that. <clears throat> but I was joining the National Guard because I wanted to help pay for college. Right. Um, because I obviously knew that being pre-med was going to be <clears throat> a long process. And a, mm-hmm. lot of, a lot of college. Expensive, too. All right. So I joined the National Guard. And then... I actually met Lisa between the time that I'd signed up and the time that I left for basic for right. basic. Training. Okay. All right. Um, so I went off to basic training. Me and Lisa obviously kept in contact. We, that was back in the day where you wrote letters. You said, you know, oh, I remember pay phones, right? With the calling cards. Yeah. I remember you know, the cell phone things we got going on now. Yeah. Um, just push him off. He's, he's fine. <laughs> um, he's a Velcro. So I got back from basic, right? And I'm still in college. Doing my, you know, weekend of the month. Okay. Year or whatever. Um, in the summer. And then, um, you know, one day, like, a common thing back where I'm from is, you know, they call it road tripping. You just go cruising around the backcountry roads. Yeah. Doing, you know. Stupid stuff. Stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one night, uh, well, I actually started out about noon. Um, me and a friend of mine, we decided that we were going to drive a long distance stopping in every bar we could find and taking a shot Ooh. so seeing how long we could we called it 45 shots on route 45 Ooh. um we ended up i uh, think we we me and him we stopped doing stupid things around i don't know 11 o'clock at night or so oh my goodness um and then i drove home um because he passed out um and i dropped him off at his house and then on the way home i had to continue to do stupid stupid things yeah throughout the night and throughout the somewhere in the middle of the night you know we decided that knocking over mailboxes would be a great idea um yeah wow and somebody saw us and reported it and uh it was dumb it was a stupid idea yeah um but it was it was it was a big oops it was a big oops what did that cause for you like I don't know. All right, because because you were in the service. Well, I was in the National Guard. Yeah, right. So, so I kind of and I was still in college. I was we at that point. I was going to University of Illinois in Bloomington. Yeah, so I kind of moved a little further away from the family, and we were and Lisa was actually staying with. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was dumb. It was real bad. Yeah. But you obviously. A better me. The story's about a better me. Um, and this, and we were talking one night. We were playing cornhole back and forth, and we were talking about different things. And so you can't. This is a low point. This is Justin at a low point because of what happened. But that's not that's not your complete low point completely because a little bit later on, and I want to get to that a little bit later on. But I want to hit upon the active, like you went active duty. Yeah. I, How was that transition though? So I really thought active duty be I, honestly. I used going to active duty as a way to save me from probably going. I don't know what 14 federal felonies would have been. Right. I don't really know right. how that really plays out. You know what I'm saying? Because I was an adult. Like, I was over 18. Um, 
I don't know that I was even torn. Woo! Wow. So it was a lot of dumb things. Like, so kind of, I think going active duty was kind of like my first instinct to try to avoid a lot hmm. of trouble. I thought maybe the court would yeah. see that as like, okay, well, this guy's going to go fix himself. Um, and we're not going to throw him in jail. And so they just, did they, they, they just kind of like say, hey, you have a chance? Or I mean, was that what? Well, I went to the... Kind of. Well, the, the, the recruiters came with me. That dude recruiters came. We're not going to say their names because I don't know if that was legal. I don't then. know if I can. Yeah. I, I don't remember mine either. Well, they came. They were just a representation. And, like, the judge even said, like, you really have no. Yeah. But, like, we're glad you're here. But. Right. You can sit down because no one cares. Kind of thing. Like, they, like, they let the recruiter know. Yeah. Um, yeah. The brothers there was like, and they, the guy explained it to it. And I'm pretty positive my parents paid a fine. Really? Yeah. They never told me if they did or not. I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah. I think they paid a large sum of thousands of dollars. Do you think this is one of those moments where somebody looked at you and said, he's got some potential? Let's, do you, I mean, I mean, I mean your I, parents, your parents always think you got potential. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the court system. I don't know. Maybe. Because I've met, I've met people like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I've met people like that where it's like, and I've had that uh, you you've served long enough and you've been in senior role where you have a kid and they do something and you're just like, there's something more to them than this. This isn't it defined. Them. I mean, like I had never done anything before that, before that. Yeah. So I mean, like you, you looked at my record and been like, yeah, this is way beyond or way outside of like what this absolutely normally do. Yeah. So maybe he did. Maybe the judge looked at it and was like, okay, this kid made a terrible mistake. And he's gonna go fix himself or whatever. And, and he was like, "Great, go, it, yeah." It was a general go oops. figure it out. Yeah. yeah, that's good. All right, so we go a little bit further. Um, pull your mic over. You, you don't have to. You don't have to worry about. It. No, you just pick it up and move it. Yeah. No, wait. No, you, you just pick it. Up. There you go. It may like this. No, not that way. Anyway, I'm just trying to get you know so we can hear him good. Um, so we get into it. So we do videos sometimes, and he used to do that to me in the gym. We're downstairs and I didn't, didn't think I see it, but I'm the one editing the video. I'm editing the video. I see everything. And then we I got did it because I knew he was editing. the video. Yeah. That's well, you know, Ed does the same thing. Like sometimes people don't realize there'll be a split in the video. It's because I have to get him to go to the bathroom and Ed will sit in here. Um, he, cause he'll be right there on the screen and he'll, he'll be talking about the most random garbage. I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? When I come back in. Um, so, all right, let's, we go, we go to that point. How long after that was it before you, you went active? Oh, man, it was. Oh, I mean, it would have been a few months. Really? Yeah. Did, was, it, was it that situation that made you kind of, hey, I got to go do this? Or was it school or was it combination? So the girlfriend. By the way, he's a great wife. She's a good person. I had a. So, like, my first two years in college, like, I loaded myself with a lot of, I was taking organic chemistry one and two. I was like, Ooh. well, I was taking A&P, you know, anime and oh. physiology one and two. Like, I was taking a lot of hard classes to get them out of the way. So, when I went to the big university, I didn't have to take those hard classes. Right. Well, my guidance counselor, whatever you want to call her at U of I, mm -hmm. or, yeah, whatever, she was an idiot. Like she put Frank. me and she put me in a lot of classes. She put me in 
uh, like a science class that talked about the four elements of like science being earth, wind and fire kind of thing. And I was like, earth, wind and fire. Yeah. I'm talking like the most basic courses you could ever be in. And I was like, I, and it's almost like, man, I was like, I've done organic chemistry one and two. I've done microbiology. Right. Like I've done all these advanced science classes. You're going to put me into a class that literally talks about earth, wind and fire being like the four elements of the earth and how like science works. And she's like, yeah, it's a requirement. I'm like, there's no way. So like all the classes I was in was super easy. Like I never even went to class. I would literally show up for the test and pass the tests. Because you already knew Because that. I already, I didn't. Yeah. So I started drinking a lot. Oh. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. So my behavior just kind of like, I didn't need to go to school. So I didn't go to school. And like, I just made a lot of bad choices because I didn't have to put out any effort. So I occupied my time with. Mm-hmm. It's the stupid things. Yeah. It's, it's the idle hands is the devil's playground. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. All right. So with that, you, you felt as if though, it's like, I'm not being challenged because we're going to get into being challenged. And I, I could, because I see that within you and you started doing these crazy things. And then with that, I guess, what, where did that go? What does that go? Like, what's the mentality of where do you go with that? Because you weren't being challenged and you start doing these outrageous well outrageous in a sense what where did you go from there well it's like because i mean i really started to hate school ah. sorry I, I started to hate school and then just like my hatred of school um waste of time it was a waste of time yeah. I, okay all that stuff and then like i went home and obviously made a really stupid choice 14 stupid choices right um i thought screw this college is dumb i don't want to do this anymore okay I had it, it seemed like going after duty was the answer to all my problems. Okay. And so I don't know that I even really talked to Lisa about it. I may have. I can't. <laughs> well, remember. you were still dating at the time, right? I mean, we were living together. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, we were living together. I mean, it's, yeah, it was serious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So I it's just, it seemed like going after duty was like the answer to all my questions. Well, I mean, you still for in. all my all my problems. You're still in, so I mean, yeah, I mean, it worked out. Um, <laughs> so, um, when you were in the National Guard, were you an infantryman then? Also, yeah. So you your entire career has been around being an infantryman. Though. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so you go active duty, and because you'd already done the base training slash AIT, do you just go to your first unit? It was weird. So I had to go back through MEPS. Okay. Yeah. And then they sent me to Fort Leonard Wood. Okay. Oh, for so the I spent integration. About 30 days at Fort Leonard yep. Wood. Yep. Before I went to my first duty station over in Hawaii. Yeah. And I actually ended up working um, at Fort Leonard Wood. And like me and another group, we were part of the in processing of new trainees mm. to Fort Leonard Wood. So at night. <laughs> so we'd work from like 20 hundred at night till like 4 a.m. Zero four. Really? Like the trainees that came in overnight, like we would bring them in, we would dump all their bags, we would in process them. Are we talking basic trainees? Basic trainees. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was super weird because here I am, like a PFC, right? <laughs> Which was super weird too because I forgot to mention while I was at Universal Illinois, I was in the ROTC program. Oh, you were? I was. That was another big giant turnoff. Was because oh. I, because I had been through basic training and already done like some training with the National Guard, like the other cadets that I was with, yeah, um, 
And then the instructor, I, they, I was probably more intelligent and better at army things. Well, because you had the experience. Yeah, even though yeah. he was an actual master sergeant in the army. Yeah. He was, like he didn't even know how to hold a compass. It's mind boggling. So like, yeah. it really kind of turned me off to that, to the college. And like, again, the college, like I had a terrible experience at yeah. university or Illinois state university. It almost, and you know, it's weird. It almost feels like you are pointed in a direction, right? Like fate pointed you in this direction, like through these, crazy little instances um so you're at you're at leonard wood you're there for you said about 30 months? days 30 days okay yeah. 30 so days I left january 6th and i think i ended up getting to hawaii my first duty station beginning of february so yeah hold on so we're a kid out of illinois we go to leonard wood leonard woods uh it's pretty in much the winter it was terrible too. yeah it's it hor- was yeah. so cold i yeah I, uh did you ever go to uranus and get the fudge no that's not it's, is that Leonardwood? Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. Down the road. Cause that's on our way home from my house to here. Uranus is down the road from Leonardwood. Maybe it is. I it is. It, yeah. You never went. I've never been to Uranus to get fudge. It's it, look it up. There's a place called Uranus and it's the fudge factory. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I learned about, I learned about it from my buddy. He taught me about it. And then we stopped when I had to go to training. I had to do a training there. Anyway. So we're talking about a kid. No, no big city life really before from the country. And now you're on your way to Hawaii. Are yep. you married yet? That's a discussion for another day. Oh, we won't touch that. Okay. But you go to Hawaii. Yeah. Was that a culture shock? It was interesting. I'll really? Yeah. I mean, like it was, again, I mean, like the biggest town I was from was like, or I've been to is like my wife's. I mean, I've been to obviously like St. Louis, which is not far from her house, like a Cardinals ball game or whatever. Like I, yeah, like touched the city, but, but it's I've never different. lived in like, and it was different. Like it was definitely different than yeah. the middle of Illinois, um, was, farmland country. Like it was definitely. Mm-hmm. Was that the was that where the uh, the insatiable hunger of the endurance stuff no. came in? Okay, so that's later on, right? Yeah, that's much later. Okay, um, so you're there in Hawaii. You do your thing. Uh, how long until before you go to the ranger school from this point? Because I'm trying to get uh, about a grasp. Two and a half years. Oh, okay, so you you get a little time under your belt. So I got that. to Hawaii beginning of February, and we end up deploying in August. Okay. Oh, so, you weren't. Yeah. Yeah. It took about thirty days year. for Lisa to get there too. So I was there beginning of February. She oh. didn't get there till. And actually, did she even come out? You don't remember because so long. I don't know how to answer this. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, no, because you got married March 25th. Uh huh. And then, so I'm trying to think if she even came out before that. I don't remember. I don't I, think she, I think she stayed back. I have to remind my wife. I think now. I went and I think I flew back for the wedding and then she came out for the first time. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Well, cause that's not your first time in Hawaii though, is it? That was my first time. That, I mean, I'm sorry. That's not your only time. Was that your only time? No. You went back again, though. We went back. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so you did a deployment. Was Afghanistan or Iraq? Iraq. Yeah. How, yeah. What did you think about that when you were there? My first deployment? Hold on real quick. None of our opinions is that of the Army or, or anything we do because uh, we go to school together. Uh, so I just want to make sure because I know we're going to get into some opinionated. I The reason I say this, like, so that was my first deployment. My first deployment was Iraq. It was during the invasion. And that was my first culture shock into 
that lifestyle, right? Understanding something outside of America. And it, it reinvigorated my love for my country when I came home. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I was just curious, like what your experience was, like what did it do to young Justin to make you a different person today? Because you are, in a sense, in our conversations, you're a better person than you were years ago, right? So what did that do to you? Well, my first deployment, it was rough. Really? Like we were the city that was just outside of our, our fob. Right. Um, was the wild west. Like it was the wild west. Like what years was that? Would you say? Oh, six. Oh yeah. 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 That was during the, the big time surge. Yeah. yeah. Like, so it was, it was the wild west. And like yeah. you, every time you went out, it right. was, no, I, I it get was it. a good time. Yeah. We're not right. going to use like names, places, stuff yeah. like that, but so, yeah. And I mean, like the people, I mean, the villages weren't in great shape. No. So obviously no. you're like, these people live and not even like a poverty line. Like it is mud huts and like, yep. I mean, there was one road in the town that was called, well, we called it all American road. Um, <laughs> I think I know where you were. <laughs> it was nothing but sewage. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I mean, like it was, I mean, like that I mean, was like a road, like people uh, use yeah. all the time. It was like, it was bad. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's every it's sewage stung. road in every town in Iraq. Stinks to of, high like, heaven. Yeah. It's like, it, it was like a level of, you're just like, I can't believe that human beings live like this. But what did that do to and your they mindset? they were okay with it. Right. But yeah. then you think about it and, you, and then obviously when you go back home. Yeah. And you're like, you see people complaining like, oh my goodness, my Wi-Fi signal doesn't work that great. And you're like, for a while after you get back from deployment, you you just want to be like, I want to punch you in the face. Yes. Yeah, it takes you a while, and yes. then, yes. Um, and but we're but we're then we're considered angry people because, and it's like no, yeah. you don't realize yeah. what I've seen. So what? And that's what I was getting. I was like, what did that do to you? Your mindset? Like, did you shift gears? Did you change the way you were? Like, did did anything influence you? So I, I didn't have. I mean. I was such a young soldier right? that I didn't have, I don't know, I didn't really know what the mentality was to be. Like I was the uh, RTO, so I was kind of, you know, I was kind of removed from like the platoon because I was the RTO. I was always with the commander, or not the commander, the uh, platoon leader and the platoon sergeant. Like I right. was kind of, which was great because I always knew what was going on and I was, mm-hmm. you know, um, but like I said, our deployment was hard. It was like, we lost a lot of people. Yeah. IEDs were terrible. Yes. So, I think I learned the taking care of your brothers left and right was more important yeah. than really kind of the other stuff. Yes. Like, cause at any moment that person could be, mm-hmm. you could be shoveling that dude into a body bag yep. later on. And and we did, we had to, there were dudes yeah. we had to shovel in body bag. And like, and so you kind of learn like, you know, taking care of them and taking care of their family, make sure they're okay. Yeah is more important than some of the other stupidity yeah. that the army just kind of brings. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the way it is. Yeah. And I think that's in any business because we talk a lot about just businesses in general. It's weird how we go the extra mile for a soldier, but in the civilian sector, they don't do that. And sometimes is it worth it? Sometimes it's not, you know, it just depends. Um, but you're, what you're saying is, is now you're looking at it as a reflection of like, holy crap, I got to grow up. Um, or I've got to, I mean, obviously I know what it was like to be a young soldier. We, I mean, our first patrol out, one of our, a guy got killed. Yeah. It was our first patrol out. Right. 
and like you, you learn like it's not even like I need to grow up. It's like you leave the wire as a kid, mm -hmm. and you come back a man. Like it's that. Yeah. Fast. You ever see those pictures? Uh, it's funny. I bring this up sometimes for my friends. Those pictures are like the before and after pictures of a soul, a person who was at war. Like especially like I want to say it's World War Two. They have some really good pictures where it shows them before they have this light. Then after it's just like this darkness over them. Um, it just I don't know. It's just, to me, that's a big thing. All right, so we go, we deploy, we come back, right? We go back to Hawaii. Yeah, you stay there for a little while. So we got back. So we got it still. Ironically, um, we were supposed to do a twelve month deployment, right? Um, and we were packing to go home, and uh, <sighs> we found out from I think it was Yahoo News that we got extended. It was just a fifteen monther. Yeah, yeah. So literally, like, had to unpack stuff to do like another three or four months to pack our stuff up to come home again. So that was pretty rough. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a punch in the gut. Yeah. So we left in August, 2006 and we didn't get back until I think it was like December, 2000. Wow. And again, I was, I'd been married for a whopping six months and left my wife in Hawaii by her lonesome. Um, she was just for 15 months. Yeah. Was she a nurse then? She was. Okay. So she, she was probably working and stuff yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, obviously, and she found a good group of friends, support group. Yeah, they all yeah. they all hung out along yeah. together for while we were all gone. I think it's, that's a big thing, right? That it's like having that support group for them when we're away. It, it to me, it's a huge thing. Like, yeah, all my deployments, I got lucky, um, except for the last one. Michelle was always home, so she had her parents there. Right, yeah. this last one, she stayed, and but we had an amazing support group. Uh, our man crew, we called them, but there was it was just the street we lived on. All right, so we come home after 15 months. You've been punched in the gut because you lost men. Um, you've, uh, at the same time, you got told you got to stay longer. So now it's, we, we could lose more people. We got all these things. We come home. Did you notice a change in you when you came home? I don't know. I don't know that I would have said I would notice a change in me. I mean, that would be a question for Lisa. She, she, I, I think I'd like her to answer that sometime then. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I did change. I mean, yeah. as long as it was 15 months, I mean, you can't stay the same person. No, yeah, no. And, and, and that's what you see. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we were still fairly young. So I think I just, yeah. And I was ready to enjoy the island. Like when we got back, like everybody's <laughs> like, Hey, I'm in Hawaii. Like, yeah. Uh, I want to go enjoy my time. But we, we did. We, we did you learn how to surf and stuff? I never learned how to surf. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the water anyways. All right. So you're in Hawaii. You move. From Hawaii, you go somewhere else? No. Nope. No? No. What did you do? So, we literally get back, and then we basically start to train up for the next deployment. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, we started doing all the regular stuff. We were doing EIB, so doing the training for EIB, and then I go to was it BLC or WLC back then. Whatever. What year? It was in 08. That I think that was still was it still BLC? WLC. WLC? It was okay. WLC. Yeah, because they change it to P. All right, got to move you. Go, go. So I go to WLC. Yeah, WLC. Yep. I do that. Or you, the Warrior Leader course. Yeah, I go to WLC. Come back from that, and then not long after that, I go to Ranger School. What year? Oh wait. Oh wait. Okay. So I started actually July seventh of two thousand eight. Mm -hmm. It was hot. Was it? It was hot for betting. What did you think about it? Like when you, when you got there, like what was I mean, your, I knew it was going to be hot. I mean, no, no, no. But like, cause it's a shock. Anytime we go to a school, right. But that's a different type of school that you're supposed to be put in shock. Well, so the 25th ID has a pre-ranger program. 
Right. Um, so they did everything they could to prepare, to prepare you for. Yeah. I mean, you obviously can't get the weather. They weren't, they didn't try to kill you with like physical fitness. They were more centered around giving you the skills to be successful. Right. So they did a good job of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's only so much we were allowed to talk about with a course, but basically to get an idea of it, it's a small group leader course, correct? Basically, yeah. Yeah, it teaches you these leadership skills in the small group. It's essentially how do you make, it shows you how as a leader to make people do things they don't want to do when they are extremely hungry and tired. Right, okay. Well, you are extremely hungry and tired. Like how do you motivate people to do what they don't want to do? Okay, when you came, so you go through that. Um, is there any experiences during that you want to share? Or you'd say like, hey, you know, you know what? That was it was a good time. I learned X, I mean, Y, and it was Z. Your yeah, regular ranger school experience. I mean, I recycled mountains. That was pretty rough to make that phone call back. Really? To call Lisa, like, hey, like I failed and I got to do mountains again. So my sixty-two day school is going to be ninety some days now. So I want to fast forward real quick. You said you failed mountains. Mm-hmm. Isn't that where you went and worked later? I did. We're going to talk about that because that ironic. I think that's funny. There's a lot of irony in all of that, but yes, <laughs> I. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like, I'm seeing this pathway, right? As I watch, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, there's reasons he went here. He did this. He did, you know what I mean? Like, it's that destiny thing. Um, so you fail the mountains and you have to redo that phase of it. Mm-hmm. Like, was that another punch in the gut for you? Honestly, it was weird because the first time through mountains was hard. Like, really? It was hard. Like, we didn't sleep. Like, I don't know that we slept more than 45 minutes a night. Right. And we walked forever and basically half of my company recycled that, that phase. Is it a lot of climbing? Is it because you say you walked for a lot? So it's a lot of like, because I know we hike, we hike on weekends all the time. Is it like where you're getting on something you're climbing up or is it more just a long? No, path? both. Real? Okay. Yeah, it right. depends on the day. Yeah, because you Going can. Going back as a range instructor, like there are days where you do a lot of up a mountain. Yeah. But there's a lot of days where you just walk. But I mean, the worst part of it is like you're carrying 90 plus pounds on your back. So it's. It yeah. doesn't matter if you're walking four kilometers in a day. You're going to be tired. 90 pounds sucks. Yeah. And especially if you only slept 45 minutes the night before. Yeah. And then, yeah, you're definitely feeling that, that point of breaking almost. So, yeah. sorry. So you fail that you go, but you complete it. Yeah. Obviously you didn't fail any other phases though. Obviously no. no. The second time through mountains was a cakewalk. I don't know if it was because you knew what was going on. Uh, like the insight. And then you just did it in the next phase. I don't know if it was that. Right. But then we went down to Florida and I'm, I'm, I had fun in Florida. I've heard that. I've heard that a lot from people. Yeah. Uh, you graduate mm-hmm. in 08. Mm-hmm. Um, you go back to Hawaii. Graduated on my brother's birthday. Oh, snap. In September. Nice. And I go back to Hawaii. And then I deployed in November. No way. To Iraq. Go get back. Yep. So I spent a whopping about 45. Nah, it's about 30 days. A little over 30 days at home with my wife. And then I went back to Iraq. Oh, my goodness. What did she think? No, I'm sure she was super stoked about it. She probably was. Yeah. Like he's, he, my dog won't leave us alone. Like go look, look, he's doing, he's go. Like he's putting his paw on I me. To, he's a, he's, he's such a distraction. Like he has to have the attention. Anyways. So we go to Iraq again. We get to spend time with wife for only a little bit. We went. I mean, it wasn't out of nowhere though. She knew we, like the unit deployed mm-hmm. in September, mm-hmm. but I was in ranger school. Mm-hmm. Oh, so she knew the unit left. So she you had to she knew that up. I was going to go mm-hmm. just how fast. Yeah. I don't know if she really knew. Wow. But I got back, got to spend, they let mm-hmm. 
give they gave me 30 days to basically recover from being beat up for 90 days in range. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's a that they should be doing that. Yeah. Um so you you end up going back into Iraq. Were you were you located same area, different yeah, area? So we went to a different area and it was a lot different. It was really kind of the start of mm-hmm. the drawdown where they're starting to break the bases down. Oh yeah. There yeah, wasn't yeah. a lot going on in our area. Yeah, Cause we closed it around what? 2010, I think was everything got closed down December. Yeah, 2010. Somewhere around there. But so, we were like our scout platoon had got pulled. I was in the scouts now. Mm-hmm. Um, we got pulled and we were training a local police force ah. to guard a, an oil refinery. Okay. So we were doing that. So we were doing a different mission than what right. the rest of the battalion was. Do you think, um, so from your first experience, like the way that could have influenced you. And then also the Ranger school, your first experience, obviously you were with the heads of your platoon. Um, so you kind of seen more, heard more, and then you go to the Ranger school. And then when you go back to the second time, do you think that helped you in understanding how to be the leader you needed to be? Cause were you a Sergeant now? I was a Sergeant. Yeah. So did it, do you think those were key elements that help you be the leader you needed to be at that time? No. No? I don't think it really clicked until later on, huh. until I got to actually left Hawaii. I think the groundwork was laid. Okay. But I didn't see it. Ah, and I didn't really need yeah. I didn't really, again, kind of the, the mission we were doing on the second deployment, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it was weird. I, I don't know that I really, really had to use a lot of leadership skills. Right, right, right. Yeah, it was a little again, bit different. we were just doing, like, a security yeah. mission and a little more laid back. I don't say it was laid back, but it wasn't. It wasn't like it was the first deployment where it was the Wild West. Like, this was. Yeah. Yeah, I and I noticed that drawback that way, too, in, in both Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, so, you do that deployment. That was a straight 12-month or though, right? Or nine. Kind of. Um, about month 11, my appendix burst. Oh. Yeah. So, really? Yeah. So did you go to Germany? Eventually. Yeah. So uh my appendix burst and I go to the aid station. I literally crawled across a gravel parking lot because I couldn't stand up. It was in so much pain. Um and the medic, ironically, um, like he was poking around me and he's like, and I was like, Man, I think my appendix is burst. He's like, and he's poking on my left side. <laughs> Right? Yeah. And he's like, well, you're not sensitive over there. I'm like, I think my appendix is on the other side. He's like, no, it's over here. I'm like, I'm like, okay, man. Like, I'm not a genius, but okay, great. But you like, went to school yeah, for that. So, <laughs> right? So, I again, I was in pain. So, he gives me, I don't know, whatever he gave me didn't work. I was still in a lot of pain. She's like, hey, like, we got to we gotta medevac this guy out. Right. So, they put me in the back of a of an MRAP <clears throat> and drive me. Like and all minutes. those bumps. Because we're in a tiny little base. We're in the middle of the oil refiner. So, they yep. drive me like 45 minutes main um main base right um and the pa or doctor wherever he was he gets in there and he you know he pokes him on the right side uh-huh and i damn near kill him oh you came on glue oh yeah <laughs> and i was like you know i'm like oh, hey man and he goes to do it again and i was like don't you there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, okay, great. He's like, I hoped he was going to do that. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, if it was a fake pain, he's like, you wouldn't have protected it. He's like, you were very protective of it, which means it's a real pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, it's a real pain. And it wasn't a couple minutes later. He's like, I'm pretty sure your appendix is ruptured. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're medevacing you out. And like, there were birds landing like right away. Like, yeah. I got taken to the big fob. And uh, did they do the surgery there on one of those big ones? Or they did. did. Cobb Spiker. 
So, I know Spiker. Yeah. yeah. So I got my appendix removed arthroscopically. It gets better. Um, at Cop Spiker. Uh, and so that's all done. And then they're, they're trying to get me. And this is a few hours after Cop right. Spiker or after my surgery. They're trying to put me on a C-130 to go to Blod. To yeah. Right. I hadn't even peed yet. You know how I was supposed to like pee and all that stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you got to clear it. Yeah, I hadn't even peed yet, right? So I hadn't went to the bathroom. And I'm already getting on this plane. Well, stop that. I called Lisa to let her know. <laughs> she hadn't been told. Like, I had already been medevaced, oh, no. had surgery, and was out of surgery, and she didn't even know anything had happened. So, like, I'm calling her, like, post-surgery, and she's, like, freaking <sighs> out. Like, I, so she makes me freak out. And I'm like, yeah. Like, she hadn't got the phone call yet. Right. So it was kind of a, a hard call for her, but I get on the C-130 and it's not a direct flight from Spiker to Blot. It's no. the one that bounces around the yep. entire country. Those rounds. Yep. So here I am, freshly out of surgery, landing and taking off on a mm-hmm. C-130. And that's not a gentle ride. It's the worst. Well, about halfway through the plane trip, I got to go pee. Yeah. And but it- like my body's not ready to pee. Like it hadn't come out of the anesthesia. So I'm in excruciating pain because yeah, yeah, yeah. So for 30 minutes on a C-130 bouncing around in the air, they're trying to put in a Foley catheter. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, so, and it didn't work. They never could get it in because my bladder was too full. Really? Yeah. So here I am. I'm just dying. I'm uh, some of the worst pain I've ever been in my life. Right. Wow. Um, so we'd eventually landed somewhere. And I said, give me one of those little like urinal things that's got a little handle and stuff. Yeah. And I walked to the side of the C-130 and I grabbed onto the, like where the seats latch, those bars. Yep. And I grabbed the handle. And there's literally a civilian lady. She's like next right. to me. Like I'm yep. pretty much touching her with my legs. She's that close. Mm-hmm. And I just pull my gown over and I just, I peed Rip. the most disgusting looking. Blood. Whatever you want to yep. call it into that thing. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And then I hand it to him. I'm like, okay, great. And then I lay back down on the, on the stretcher. You felt better though. Didn't oh, you? I felt fantastic. <laughs> so I, I but had the to, pain didn't go away. Oh, you will. Yeah. Because I had an abscess. Oh, really? So when I get the blood, oh like goodness. I'm still in excruciating pain. All right. And they come to find out that I had an abscess and I had to go back into surgery again to, to take care of that. To take care of the abscess. Wow. How did, I mean, and that's not like something you can just see either. So they had to figure it out. They were trying to get me to drink whatever that contrast fluid is. Yep. yep. To do a CAT scan. And like, I'm in excruciating pain. Yeah. I don't feel like drinking. And they gave me two, like, two liter bottles, like yep. 60 ounces of this. Yep. I'm like, you're high. Like, there's <laughs> no way I'm drinking this. Like, well, if you don't drink this, you're not going to get this CAT scan. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> me and this nurse are about to have it out. <laughs> So you get this surgery, you go through this, you, you had to recover. Where did you go to recover? So I spent a couple days at Blod uh-huh. on a morphine drip, which was fantastic. Oh, I wouldn't yeah. doubt it because yeah. they don't regulate, they don't regulate as much. No, yeah. no. Well, I will say this. It was on a little, you could click the button, but it only delivers so much at a certain time. Yeah. So if you clicked it 10 times, it would give you 10 doses over whatever time period. Yeah. Um, so I was yeah. at Blod for a couple of days and then I went to launch duel for a couple of days. Lost. Okay. And I was stuck there. Longer than I needed, than it was supposed to be because it was a holiday weekend. Right. So I got stuck there because there was no flights out. And so okay. I literally got on a flight. After that, I flew from Launch Duel all the way wow. back to Hawaii. 
Okay, so you didn't end up going back into Iraq then? No. Okay. All right. No, because everybody was redeploying. Like the unit. Was oh, already they were packing. already doing it. They were basically starting the the shipping home. So I yeah. just instead of going with them, I went through. Okay. All right. The, the medical channels. So finally, you get to go home and spend time with your new wife because basically she's new. Essentially, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I think we got back in. I think I finally got back in September. Right. So that's you get back. Do you guys stay there a little longer or PCS in January? Where'd you go? Fort Bragg. Oh yeah. Which I was not everyone qualified. So on our way from Y <laughs> to Fort Bragg, I had to go to airborne school. Did you? Yeah. So you do the Bra- you do the airborne school and all that stuff because yeah, because you have to be at Bragg. Yeah, uh, they were trying to send me to Fort Riley and I was like, that's not happening. Ooh, Kansas in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, nope. Yeah, I've been there. Um if we so you're probably what still a sergeant, staff sergeant somewhere in there around this time? Staff sergeant. I just made yeah? staff sergeant. Right. Okay. But you do you, after the brag thing, do you, is that when you finally go to be an instructor? After my deployment from, yeah. After Fort my Bragg. Deployment, I where did you go when you, where did you deploy when you were at Bragg? Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Okay. So you got to experience both. It's a different mind. It's different. It's well, weird. So our deployment was quite a bit different too. Yeah. We were the first, we were the first unit to do that team up with the soft forces. Yeah. So we were the first ones that did that. So my deployment was completely different than anything we would have done anyway. Was that like 11, 12? Yeah. Because I think, I think we talked about this before and I was, I, cause I, during 11, 12, I was down in Kandahar and you were somewhere else. Sarpol. Yeah. So we, we were there at the same time. Yeah, it's just, Swedes. yeah. 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 It was a who? The Swedes. Oh yeah. I didn't, I didn't even remember to do the Swedes, but I met the Polish and those guys are crazy. I don't Swedes know how the were, Swedes are. Swedes were like, Where are they? Yeah. Oh my God. It, it's a good time meeting those multi, those other cultures yeah. uh, and how they effectively engage the enemy. I'll say it's, yeah. it's effective. <laughs> Some of it. <laughs> um, so you go to, you do your, you do your deployment. So you've, you've now have experienced both because obviously we were at war for 20 years. You come back when you come back, is that when you come down to become an instructor? Yeah. So while I was on deployment, like a very large portion of, I got orders to go be instructor. So no way. At one point we had, I mean, I can't remember the exact number. I think we had 90 enlisted Rangers in our battalion. Okay. Okay. And it was like 40 of us all got orders to go be instructors. Okay. All um, right. Well, I, I'm trying to basically, I'm trying to, I'm alluding to the, there's a point you showed me a picture of you and, and I didn't believe it at first. I didn't think that was you. And so I, like, I actually looked at the face and I was like, Oh, that is you. Was that when you were an instructor? I think someone from when I was at Fort Bragg. Okay, so that's when you started getting heavy, right? How heavy did you end up getting? I think 225 was the highest two, I ever weighed. I'm 225. And I'm at least three inches taller than you, maybe, right? And, and let's just give a reference. What do you weigh now? About 188. That's huge. That's huge. You it's reached the... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. You reached that, right? There was a mindset. There was a mind shift on your part that said, I got to change. But you didn't just go in, you went all in. It Honestly, it was, it was like, you never heard the saying that like the laziest people are the most efficient. Mm-hmm. That was me. I was lazy. I, it was because I was lazy mm-hmm. is the reason it, it all started. Right. And I've always had, I will say, I've always kind of had one of those, uh, probably an addictive personality. Like if, if I do something like. Oh, it's addictive. I'm yeah. all in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm not, I don't just like, eh, 
I'm going to kind of do it. Like, if it's mm-hmm. like I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Like, it's kind of all in. And it drives my wife crazy sometimes. Well, but, yeah. My wife, same way. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So, when you did, so this is, so you made this conscious decision. Hey, I got to lose weight. I got to do this thing. Is that when you started to get into the endurance stuff? Kind of. So, I was never really into fitness. Well, when I was in high school, like I said, like I was really fast. I was a mm-hmm. really good runner. Right. Short distances. I ran short distances. I was 100, 200, 400 guy. Right. Um, Sprinter. Basketball. I played basketball all the time. Still sprinting. Yeah. So like I, I you know, lettered in varsity all four years in baseball and basketball. Uh, I won state in a bunch of track meets and mm-hmm. I was in middle school. Like I was really athletic through high school and then like college I didn't, mm-hmm. I got into drinking and I just didn't. Right, right. And then even when I was a while, like we were deployed so much, no one really cared about physical fitness. No. Like we stayed fit, but like yeah. we didn't, it wasn't the same. Um, it was a weird different fitness. And then even when I went to Fort Bragg, like I was fit enough to get by. Right. Like it was enough that like I was like higher up. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. how you rack and stack. Yeah. So I didn't really have to put out any effort. And when I got to be a ranger instructor, like we have to do, you know, as a range instructor, I don't know if it's still this way. You had to do the 12 miler and the RPFT. How often? Every six months. Okay. All right. And the, I mean, just along with it, just absolutely sucking walking up and down the mountains all the time. Um, the five mile route was up Black Farms Road mm-hmm. and it's a two and a half mile uphill on a dirt road. How, how much elevation gain do you think that is? It's a two and a half miles elevation. It's gain. terrible. Is I it? don't know what it is, but it's terrible. <laughs> he like, defines it's terrible. You, if you hit the turnaround at 22 minutes yeah. for a 40-minute five-miler, right. you were doing good. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. And I've run with you, so I kind of know. I, yeah. I understand. All right. So I hated running. Right. I hated running. That's how I Probably feel. because I was big. Amen. I hated running. I just didn't <laughs> want to do it. Yeah. Right? So I was like, how can I get in better shape? without running. And then the North Georgia mountains are loaded with some of the best mountain bike trails. Right. Right. Anywhere in the U S. So, so was that, that was your entrance into that yeah. type of so lifestyle? So I was like, Hey, I'm going to ride my mountain bike. Right. I'm going to get a mountain bike and I'm going to ride it and I'm going to get, that's going to help me not have to run all the time. Right. And I got, I liked mountain biking. I just like, I like, yeah, it's it fun. And then I can't remember somebody suckered me into it or if I saw it, but it was a, the Southern cross gravel grinder. It was a 60 mile mountain bike race up, up by the ranger camp. Really? Yeah. Is it a decent trail or is it like a lot of fire break roads and roads and there were some single track and stuff. Is it much, is it much like what we ride out here? No. Okay. Okay. It's wider. It was more, it was more road. Okay. Okay. Just a lot of, all right. All right. Um, so I kind of trained up for that and I liked it. It was like, you know, five ad- hours of suffering on a mountain bike. The addiction starts. Yeah. And then, so I started looking for more of those kind of races, right? More mountain bike races. And it tied into just doing research. You're like, okay, well, road cycling helps build endurance for mountain biking. <laughs> so I bought a road bike and yep. I started riding my road bike. Right. Um, so I was doing both of those and then I got fairly good. Obviously when you're cycling, you do any kind of cardio, you start to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a 
a lot of mountain biking and road biking and mm-hmm. i did races around the area and stuff too right how many races did you win did you win any of those I don't, i've never i don't think i ever win maybe i did it's been a while but i mean you did well i did well i was okay. typically on the podium okay group. that's good yeah and so you, you start doing that then I don't see how the running and swimming came into effect and uh, the love for the ultras so and the and the Ironman. The PCS stuff. started, right? Ah. So I leave the ranger camp. Right. And we go back to Hawaii. And I was like. Two times in Hawaii. Yeah. This is insane. Well, it was. No, I don't know. That. But anyway, so we go back to Hawaii, right? Right. So I'm like, this is great. Like, yeah, no big deal. I, yeah. like, uh, I like Hawaii. Um. But there's no mountain biking in Hawaii. Well, I don't say there's none. It's just not as easy. There's not as, there's not very much. Yeah. And like, or at least I couldn't find it. Or I think there were some on the east side of the island, but like I wasn't driving 45 minutes or whatever. I I didn't, I didn't get into mountain biking, but I was road cycling. Okay. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just road my bike, ride my, ride my bike. Like it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I happened to see, but I still kind of had the itch for endurance stuff. Okay. So I was trying to figure out, like, what am I going to do next? <laughs> so I saw, it was the Holly Ava Triathlon. I think we got there. Man, I think we got there in January. I think we got there early January. And the Holly Ava Triathlon is the first one of, like, the triathlon season in Hawaii. And it's in March. Mm-hmm. It's the end of March. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. You're like, I'm in. So it was like, triathlon, <laughs> I can swim. Like, I can swim. I'm obviously really good on the bike, and I'm a decent runner. So, like, I'll do this, right? So, I did. The, it was a sprint sprint triathlon. It's a 500-meter swim. Okay. Uh, 12-mile bike and, like, maybe a 5K. It was real short. Right. Um, so, I did it. And I was hooked. Really? That, that like, sunk you in? Uh, yeah, I was like, this is, this is cool shit. Um, even though, um, so, if you've never done a triathlon swim, like a mass start, and really weird because I was just listening to a Jocko podcast where somebody was talking about um, their first triathlon swim start. And he was a Navy SEAL. And he's like, it is the scariest thing I've ever done in the water. Really? Yes. Is it because there are so many people? It is literally, I don't know how big a race is, but the Hollywood Triathlon probably had, I don't know, maybe 100 people. Uh-huh. There's 100 people trying to simultaneously drown. Oh, because I've heard about everyone that. Everyone is trying to swim. Over the You're top so of you. tight. So like, you're trying to swim, like you're trying to, you know, swing your arm, but you're hitting another person's body. You're trying to kick, but you're kicking someone else, so they're slapping your feet. Like, oh wow, yeah, it's it was terrifying, like for me. Um, That's insane. Yeah. Were you a were you a decent swimmer then, though? I'm not as good as I thought I was. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you you realize it like changed my mind about my swimming ability. Right. Yeah. Okay. So so you did that. You do all that. Um, you probably did a few different races while you were there. You did an Ironman while you were there, right? I did. So, yeah, I, I got hooked. Like, I love triathlon. So, I started swimming more. I started making, like, actual swim workouts where I would go to the pool and swim. Right. Um, obviously, cycled a boatload. And I started running more. So, you need to swim. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I started doing triathlons, which encompasses swimming, biking, and running. So, I started mm-hmm. doing all of that. Um, hmm. So, I did multiple races. Um, and then obviously triathlons increase in distance. You have like your sprints, you have your Olympics. Right. And they have like half Ironman, Ironman. Like I haven't done a full Ironman yet, but like I did the half, like, so it's, but it's a half marathon. Right. And then there's a lot like Hawaii is great because they have 
lots of running races. So I really? running races for training for triathlon. So they have the Banana Man 5K uh, where okay. I got third, I got second place. Yeah. And I got like a year supply of Jamba Juice. So it was like the prize. So like I had, I was, we were going to Jamba Juice all the time getting, <laughs> uh, and they have all kinds of running races and they have the Honolulu Marathon. Right. So I did the Honolulu Marathon. I'm like, okay, well, I can run a half marathon. That's not bad. Right. So I'll do a marathon. So I did a marathon. So I just, the endurance game was what I started to make. Yeah. I'm known for. And a friend was like, Hey man, like I'm doing this ultra marathon. Right. And this is like earlier, maybe August. He's like, Hey, I'm going to do this ultra marathon in October. In He's Hawaii. Like, in Hawaii. Okay. They asked the peacock ass kicker. Is what it's called. And uh, he's like, would you come out? Would you want to run it with me and be my pace man? I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, great, sure. No big deal. <laughs> so I contact the race director because it was sold out. I'm like, hey, like I, my buddy wants me to race this with him. Is there any way I can get into it? He's like, mm-hmm. well, you, to get in this race, you got to qualify for it. I was like, or run a qualifying race. You have to okay. run another race to prove that you have the ability to actually run this race because it's so hard. I'm so- like, Okay. When you say another race, a, a, a different ultra? Yeah. So you had to do an ultra to get into an ultra? Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, when when is a qualifying race? He's like, this weekend. And I'm like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, I, this is like Monday. <laughs> He's like, it's this weekend. I'm like, okay. It was a 50K. And uh, I'm like, I, mean, I, was like I was like, that sucks because it says it sold out. He's like, He's like, if you, he's like, I'll send you a link. You can still register and you can run. He's like, and if you pass the, if you do well enough in this one, we will let you okay. sign up for the Peacock Ask Kicker. So on five days notice, I go run a 50K. Yeah. And I do fairly well. Like I didn't place very high because I've been training for it. Right. right. Um, so do well enough. He's like, okay, yes, you can run in the Peacock Ask Kicker. Yeah. And uh, is this a full road race or is there a trail also? Trail. Oh, okay. Trail. Yeah. All right. 100% trail. Okay. Which one you told me that? The first one or the other? Mm-hmm. The peacock? The, both. Yeah, both are trail. Okay. okay. The first one had about 8,000 feet of elevation. The peacock ass carrier it almost had 13,000 feet. Um, Ooh. So we were going to be op four for the other brigade training up to go to JRTC. So in Hawaii, they do what they call lightning forge. Right. So it's like a big force on force right. scale thing before they go to JRTC to get ready. Yep. Practice. Yep. Well, they had shifted the dates. Oh, no. So the race was now in the middle of this big lightning. Well, my buddy was a, a captain. and He was like part of like the battalion foo ops and coo ops. So like, he yeah, was yeah. really involved in the planning. He's like, Hey brother, he's like, I can't do the race anymore. And I'm like, I was like, okay, great. I was like, I'm still going to do it. <laughs> and so we're in the middle of this lightning forge. We are, my company is like the one in the, the captive, like the, the, the final objective or whatever. My company right. is there. And we're, we set up our defenses. We're ready to go, and it's time for my race. So I literally leave. I leave that night. I sleep in my bed. I wake up the next morning. I run this fifty-six mile race. Um, oh, is it fifty-six miler? Fifty-six miler. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I run the fifty-six mile race. I get third or fourth overall. I can't remember. Right. Um, so I did, I did well. And then I literally go sleep in my bed and then I go back out to the field just in time for, <laughs> uh, you know, the enemy to come. And I told my commander, I was like, Hey, sir, like 
give me 240, give me an RPG. Yeah. Uh, you know, first art dies right here. Like first art's not going anywhere. First art's not running. Like I'm chafed from running and stuff. Like I'm going to die right here. I'm just going to do my last stand. This is it. (laughs) Just leave me like two guys and enough ammo for me to hold off. Yeah, Yeah. like I'm done. Have you ever ever, uh, read or listened to the David Goggins story? That's it. very similar to his. Like he did the same. And it's funny. Like his 24-hour race that he had no Yeah, like, so, and it's funny. And maybe you see this too. Um, In our career field, being a service member, we will just go and do the Stupid craziest stuff. stuff at the la- and it's like that. I don't care what anybody says. Like I'm, we are a different like, and I say we, I mean just in general, a different type of person because of like. I mean, I'm trying to think about like I remember we my group we did a half, but my first time I ever did a half marathon, it was kind of similar to that. It's like, hey, uh, yeah, we signed up for a half marathon. Let's just go do it. You know, so it's, it's just funny how you did that. And then I see it all the time and I, and no wonder why we're so marketable on the outside because of it's because there's dedication, there's heart, there's drive. Um, there's a will, there's a better me. And that's where I got from you. Um, so that was your first ultra ultra. Uh, well, no, no, your second, second one. Uh, did you do a bunch more after that? I know you just recently did one. Uh, I did. Uh, I can't remember what I did after that. No, because I think we PCS shortly after that. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, yes, because I remember standing. No, it was a little after that. Yeah. We ended up PCSing again. Um. To Fort Benning, right? Where I was there for. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ultra, I was there. Okay. And then obviously I did like the ultimate ultra with the best ranger competition. Um, the ultimate COVID, ultra. Yeah. And then COVID, would you call it that COVID kind of screwed up a lot of that stuff too? Cause it canceled You're right. a lot of races for 2020 that I had lined up. But. Yeah. Um, at, at this point, because, and this is where I learned, I learned about what an, being an ambassador for a company and stuff like that. Um, and I learned that from you, like you taught me, kind of taught me the ropes on that. And I'm kind of excited about the road ahead because this is my first year doing it. Did you, were you with Slayer then? No, I didn't meet Slayer until Georgia. Cause they're stationed out of Georgia. Okay. Were you doing any ambassadorship or anything? So actually, um, I started with, well, they're, they're called live momentous now. Okay. But it used to be amp human. Oh, the cream that you gave but me. But way back then they were called tropical edge. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are they um, out of Hawaii? Yeah. Oh, that's just weird. It I, was, I would, it was, it okay. changed the name because it was very deceiving, but, um, I'd done some stuff with them and because they were there at the mm-hmm. Ironman championships on Kona, mm-hmm. they were doing some marketing stuff while they were there. Right. And so they flew me over to Kona for a week and I just really, did, yeah. Like I did photo shoots and all kinds of stuff for them for a week. No way. Do that. And then, uh, there was a company called uh, Alt Red or Sir. Okay. Um, I've I looked them with, up. I got them with them there towards the end of my time in Hawaii. You've been with them for a while, though. Five years, yeah. Five years. Okay. Um, and so can you kind of explain, like, what? Because I know what it is, right? And I've seen it. But, like, as the audience listens and they listen to what you have to say, can you explain what being an ambassador is? Like, what it consists of? Okay. So essentially, no one cares about a professional athlete anymore. 
No. They don't care that a professional athlete wears a pair of yeah. Nike Metcons. Yeah. They don't care. Right? right. Great. You paid, you know, Matt Frazier, however much money to put his name on Frazier 9.0 or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, great. He's a great athlete. Don't oh, get me wrong. By far. Yeah. But yeah. no one really cares because they are well beyond anything yeah. that most of us are in our lives are going to achieve. Right. Right. But what gets people interested or intrigues people's interest enough to try a product uh-huh. is seeing some regular Joe Schmo like me or you mm-hmm. who tries a product. It's actually really good, right? And it does right. what it's supposed to do. You like it. And like we're not, and they know we're not being paid to just, no. they're not giving me $500 a month to be like, hey, just slap this on all your crap no. and say it because you know yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. Like when it comes from, you know, what they call ambassadors, mm-hmm. it's real. Like these people aren't getting mm-hmm. paid money. Mm-hmm. They're literally, they believe in a product and it benefits the company because essentially mm-hmm. it's free marketing. Right. Because now they have this huge plethora of, you know, people they can get mm-hmm. their product to that they would never get to anymore. Any. So how many, how anyway. many, how many different companies are you working with right now? Uh, so I obviously work with, uh, Slayer. Slayer. Yep. Um, sir. Okay. And then in an unofficial capacity, like, you know, I kind of help, uh, absolute black. Okay. A squared bikes. Mm-hmm. What's the new bike one? You uh, just or, got? or, or yeah. cycling or cycling. Sorry. I am on, I'm on the race team. The and bags, then, uh, the bags. And then King Kong bags. King Kong bags. Yeah, right. Those would be the big ones. Yeah. The ones I kind of tag everywhere. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you feel like that's to, in a sense, that's the direction athletes should like athletes should seek the advice of the everyday. Right. Say? I would. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, like if you, you know, that's the great thing about social media is like, you typically end up following people who are very similar to you. They believe the same way you do. Right. They participate in the same kind of activities you do. Right. So if you see like a regular Joe Schmo that's wearing, you know, drinking some kind of protein, like, hey, bro, like I've been using the protein powder and it's great. Like I like it. Mm-hmm. There's probably a little more viability in that than mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger coming up and be like, this formula is the best. Like, oh, really, man? Like I feel like you built your kingdom on other things other than this, this protein. Yeah. So yeah. 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 I feel like there's more validity coming from a normal person. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and to me, it's like, once I learned these things about you and then I started applying to the ones that I've tried. Right. So it's funny, uh, to kind of give everybody a story you would, you would requested from Slayer. I actually have a bottle right there, uh, from Slayer. And we're not like doing an advertisement. For it, we're just having to talk about you requested, Hey, uh, give me some samples. And you thought they were going to send you samples. Yeah. I thought I was going to get a few little bitty sample packs just to like hand out ones. But it days. wasn't. No. It Dude. was like full on. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. Um, and you gave a few of us, uh, we've all tried it. And, and that's how it got me hooked. Like, I was like, this is good. Like This, I mean, you know, it's, it's got some flavor to it. It's giving me all the nutrients I need. Like there were certain things about it. And I was like, okay, this makes sense now, you know? Um, but you look at this, right? So Justin, we go all the way back. We look back at the kid that ran into the side of the trailer on his bicycle, who now runs races on bicycles. Or we look back to the some other oops mistakes and we look at the person you are now. And to say that you actually made it a you, you kind of made a goal without making a goal to make yourself better. So how are you how what are you doing now? Because I know you do, and that's why I'm asking, what are you doing now to help others? to do the same thing. Well, so again, like it, it goes back to when I 
unconsciously made the decision to start riding my bike so I didn't have to run anymore. <laughs> so my laziness. It right? sounds familiar. That's yeah. why. I- <laughs> so my absolute laziness turned into um, my physical ability started to improve. Right. Obviously. Yeah. Right. So other people similar to me, right? Other right. ranger instructors who weren't really into fitness, who didn't really like running a lot. Like they started to like, because like I would start running the five miler, like running crazy fast times. And they're like, I never see you run. I'm like, cause I don't ever run. <laughs> like I'm telling you right now. So I'd be like, okay. Like I was like, they're like, are you really like getting that much better from mountain biking? I'm like, yeah. Like I helped a bike shop sell like five or six bikes like that year. Wow. Yeah. Because like other ranger instructors would be like, oh my, if he can just ride a bike and get better then I'm going to buy a bike and start getting better. So right. Me doing what I was doing and getting physically better uh-huh. started to show other people like, okay, well, it doesn't take a lot mm-hmm. for me to get better. So it really started there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got to Hawaii, right? So I was a platoon sergeant, like, and I had a little bit better fitness, mm-hmm. um, which is atypical for. Yeah, especially in your uh, world. Yeah, especially in my world. Like yeah. usually the older guy is not the guy in the best shape, but I was probably. There's probably one or two guys who were better than I was because there's young, young stuff. Right. But that kind of irked me because I wasn't really. And it drove you. Letting anybody else could be better than me. But, I, you know, <laughs> I kept working my fitness and like you could see the other soldiers. Right. Right. Like, like the young soldiers, like, holy cow. If, you know, yeah. Star first class client over here can mm-hmm. run the way he does and work out the way he does. Like, why can't I do that? Right. So you, you kind of almost by leading example, like other people started to do it. And then. Mm-hmm. And it's morphed into a, a gambit of, of right. more. And then like when I became a first sergeant, like I, you know, you get more ability to do things outside of the norm. Right. Right. You know, I started the first art challenge and I put a board up and I was like, sounds familiar. Yeah. So I had like, I did the same thing. And it was, and again, I was, I wasn't into the lifting yet. Right. It was right. still the endurance stuff. So I had like five K, 10 K half marathon, full marathon one. And I put my time up there. I was like, Hey, if you show me like the receipt to where you went and ran a race, I would give you three day weekend. Dang. Yeah. That's. And I was like, if you beat, beat my time, which I knew was never going to happen. I was like, I'll give you two, four day weekends. It was just. In an did effort. you have any, Oh, did no, anybody ever beat you? No, everybody. What? Yeah, no. It's um, ridiculous. So uh, there's a challenge out there. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was all just, I knew that if I, if they signed up for a race for a three day weekend. Right. They were going to train for it. Okay. So just by giving them a three-day weekend, I might actually encourage people to go out and run more and get better physically fit. And if they really wanted two yeah. four-day weekends, like they're yeah. really going to train hard. So a little a little carrot, you know, got a lot of, you yeah. know, back end off of it. And, right. And, and, yeah, that to me, and and that's kind of the direction to go. Like, you you can't force, like, say, oh, yeah, do more push-ups. Like, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. You've got to get people involved and get people to understand it. Um, and you're doing a lot of things across social media constantly. You put up videos. You do. You just put a lot of content out. Um, I noticed it the first time we worked out together. I was like, what is he doing? Like, you started taking pictures. I was like, what is he doing? And then I realized, oh, well, you have people that are following you that are around. Matter of fact, you told me a quick story about being here and somebody ran into you and he's like, oh, you're the guy from blah. Yeah. Like we're literally in Walmart. Like we just got here. We hadn't been here. I don't know. We, I think we're still living in the hotel. Right. And we're just buying, I think we were buying toilet paper or something, something just completely random. Right. And this dude walks up and he's like, are you just inclined? And I was like, and I'm like, <laughs> you thought you were about to get served. I'm, I'm like, 
those eight, those 14 felonies are coming back. Yeah. You're getting served. I'm like, yeah, because, you know, soldiers recognize you from, you know, wherever. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. You don't always recognize a face. And I'm, I'm looking at this kid like, uh, I'm yeah. good with faces. Like, if you told me, do you know so and so? I'll be like, I, I have no idea. Yeah. But if I see their face, yeah. typically I'd be like, I know that guy from this place. Yeah. I may not remember his name, but I'll, I remember the person. Yeah. I do. Right? I'm the same way. And like, he's just drawing a blank. Right. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, oh man, I follow you on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and immediately clicks like, I have no idea who this kid is. Yeah. Like, but he follows me. Right. And he's, and he's, you know, well, wherever, like your content's great. You know, I follow it and it's inspirational. I'm like, Hey man, that's great. Thanks. So I was like, if you ever, you know, you know, I'm like, you have any questions or you need help, just, you know, reach out to me. That's awesome. But, yeah. You know, I was just like, that's one of those realization moments. And it, and it kind of, you know, kind of ties back to what we're talking to, like through my sheer utter, I want free stuff kind of thing where I started doing the ambassador yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know, I started doing the more social media and that's where I really started noticing yeah. that people do follow. Right. People keep track of you and you know, what you're doing yeah. does influence them. Yeah. You know, and you, whether you know it or not. And you, and, and what people don't realize, you can't just fake that. You have to actually be doing the stuff, putting in the work. Um, and it and it can be tough. There, how many days have you woke up in the morning and you said, "I don't want to do this," but you still do it. You know, a lot. And it, it, it honestly, it helps me because, like, I will wake up some mornings, and I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. I'll look at my watch and I'm like, uh, yeah. And I think there's somebody out there who's looking for me to do a post. They're looking to see if, whether they're a hater and they're waiting for that opportunity. <laughs> right. Well, and to that be does like, happen. Oh, he didn't wake up today. He's a piece of crap. Yeah. Or if it's that person who needed some motivation when they yeah. end up scrolling through the right, you know, their Instagram while they're sitting on the toilet in the morning and they happen I, to see, oh, you describe me. Justin got out there again and he's working out more. I guess I got to go work out now because he's doing it. Whether it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, but no, you just described me because yeah. I'm the one sitting on the toilet. Like I'm the first like he usually gets in the Because <laughs> it's usually right before he comes to pick me up, before I got hurt, that we would go ride bikes or we go running or whatever. Like I would see a post and I'd be like, oh crap. And I'm usually, usually on the toilet. Like, okay, like it. <laughs> it's funny. But it's not... So what you just said, you gave two different types of people. You gave the hater type mm-hmm. or you, and you gave the motivation type. And knowing you and understanding, like, and getting to know you since we, we met July, right? About around there. Um, it's the number two person that helps you get up in the morning and do that more than that number one, that that hater. Yeah, person. I mean, the haters are who they are. Yeah, it's what it is. It's, it's what it is. Yeah. 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 So would you, you would definitely would consider... You've, you've done over the years, you've tried to make a better you. And so with that being said, because we're going to have to round out the show at some point, my question to you is, and, and maybe you answer this in a long form, short form, whatever it is, we can only stay in the army for so long, right? You know, when you, you said, Hey, this time I want to retire X, what does life look like for Justin Klein after retiring from the service? When I have to grow up. That's what I've said. Like, I have to go get a real job? You this know, is nice. I don't know. I honestly don't know. And it's weird. Um, my favorite part 
are my two favorite jobs that I've had uh-huh. while I've been in the Army. Was when I was a range instructor, it's probably number one. Okay. And it's not just because of Delonic was fantastic, but the actual ability to directly influence a soldier, officer, yeah. NCO, and teach them something that you know they're going to take away. Yeah. And knowing that whatever they teach, that when they leave, you know, when they leave you, mm-hmm. hopefully they're a better person. And somehow that is going to influence their sphere when they go mm-hmm. back. So, like, you have this huge impact. Right, the interaction I have with you know whoever that platoon leader is for the day or the yeah. that that impact like it's the most rewarding. Like the job is terrible. Like you're walking for thirty hours. Like you don't sleep. Yeah. Like it sucks. Right? It, yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, but it's rewarding. And then, you know, I've loved all my jobs, but when I was a first sergeant at, at Fort Benning, as much as I hated Fort Benning, um, it was the same impact. Like you knew that those the company of soldiers, right? Right. Whatever influence you and your drill sergeants could have on those people, that they are going to go out to the force mm-hmm. and they are going to influence mm-hmm. a large, and they're going everywhere. So like you have an impact on such a large portion of, of the army that it's rewarding. So what I want to do after the army, I, I want to be able to impact people still and right. I, I think that's why i went and got my degree in physical fitness right so that i can still influence you know people yeah. through physical fitness um mm-hmm. but i don't know it's don't it's a tough question yeah it's what funny i'm gonna do it, it, maybe i'll be a walmart greeter <laughs> you know it's usually walmart greeter or be a gs or you know something like that's why i always hear um but what you just said there and it, it falls along the lines of our show. Like it's about influence and everything. Like you literally said it felt the best internally when I helped others. Right. And, and you hear, like we, we talk about Jocko, we listen to him. He often reflects that in his, the, how he does things. Right. He's it's like, if we help others and to, I, I don't know, I see where, like, I kind of see this pathway you're taking and it does look like, it does look like, Hey, you're going to go out there and do something physical wise and you're going to help people become their, a better me, you know? Um, but really that's, you know, this kind of, I wanted to, I wanted to bring you on the show, kind of show your story a little bit because I've brought you up before nonchalantly in the show. And then obviously you're on the social media with me. Um, because of that and what I learned from you. And it was really the last time we hung out, like as a group, because like you, our families have become pretty close over the, over this time we've met. And it was that idea that constantly strikes a chord with me of you want to be a better person, not just for you though. It's not, it, some people will see it as selfish, but it's really not selfish. It's I've got to be better me so I can help them. Like I can't concentrate only on me. What I'm doing is I'm concentrating on me to make this person better. And that's, and that's, that's what I enjoy. Um, so people can catch you on all the platforms, right? So I know you're on Instagram. I know you're on Facebook for sure. Um, are you running a Twitter also? Yeah. I'm you do? Twitter. Okay. So if we were to throw out your handles, because um, I'm obviously going to put them on the screen underneath you as we go. It's not my uh, my personal training company is on Twitter. I'm not. Okay. Yeah. And what is that? Archangel Fitness. Archangel Fitness. Okay. So I'll make sure I add those. I want to make sure the audience gets to see who you are. I mean, obviously... There's a few people out there. I have some, we have some really dark hard people that wa- listen all the time. Um, but that way, at least they can connect in somehow. Uh, but really, 
I just want to say thanks, man, for coming on, kind of doing this talk. Uh, and I, I kind of knew a lot of this stuff beforehand. That's why I wanted to have you on. Uh, but it's really, you know, it's about you out there. If you're watching, you're listening, you know, what are you doing to make a better you? You know, and that's what we're looking for. That's what that's what the conversation was is, you know, he took he took himself from this spot of being in trouble, doing all these things and then made himself better. You know, and and he did it through physical activity. He did it like through a new mindset. Um, like like your eating habits. I don't know how you do it. I can't do it. Um, like you have this this diet that you hold, and I'm just like, wow. You know, like it's impressive and it's good to hear. Uh, so I also I tell you as we, as we kind of end off the show, uh, I would just tell everyone, hey, give him a look, check him out on on uh, the different platforms. But with that. I definitely want to say thank you very much for listening. Thanks for watching. This was Justin Klein. The show's called A Better Me. And thank you very much. I'm Brian, Seek of Influencers. Usually this is when Ed cracks a beer. I'm joking. No, I'm joking. He doesn't.